All right. Welcome back, you guys, to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast. Kind of fitting for the title is fitting for today's episode. I am beyond excited and honored to have the one and only Miss Allie Webb on the podcast on the show today. Thank you for being here, Allie. For having me. Absolutely. And y'all, if you don't know, I used to always do like a separate kind of intro, you know, and, and giving everybody just accolades and things like that. But Allie, if it's okay with you, I want to read a blurb like that kind of intros your book, because I feel like I couldn't say it better myself. This is why we pay people to, to, to write these things, right? They're so well written. It says so much about you. It says so much about the conversation we're going to have. And it says so much about this incredible book that you've just written. So is it okay if I start there? Yeah, by all means. Okay, awesome. All right, Ali Webb, founder of Drybar, had it all until she didn't. When Drybar and its world-famous blowouts took off seemingly overnight, she found herself surrounded by celebrity clients like Jennifer Gardner, Gwyneth Paltrow, Julia Roberts, Maria Shriver. She was named a multiple prestigious list by fast company Fortune, Marie Claire, and Inc. She published a New York Times bestselling book all before she turned 40. But it wasn't until her marriage fell apart, her 14-year-old son entered rehab, and she no longer found meaning in the wildly successful business she had built that Allie realized she was spiraling into deep depression. She lost. She had lost sight of what made her happy in favor of an aimless push to succeed above all. Above all. Something had to give. Piece by piece, Allie began to reinvent her personal and professional life with the goal of accepting her messy truth. She mm -hmm. learned how to embrace the honest in lieu of the perfect and realized that most of life happens somewhere in the middle between the laughter and the tears. <sighs> I know it's so good, isn't it? I wish I could say I wrote that. I did not. <laughs> it's so good. You know, it's you know, so I, good. My book editor wrote that. And I remember when he ironically sent it to me and I was like, wow. Wow. Like, Do you have any edits? We're going to put this on the back. We're going to put this on the sleeve or whatever. And I was yeah. like, nope, don't have any edits. <laughs> don't have any edits. Like when someone can nail what's in your head and your heart so yeah, incredibly well. So yeah. Oh. So good. I was, I was like, yeah, that's, that sums it up pretty well. That, that yeah. sums it up. And I've had the incredible gift as we were chatting right before we hit record to get kind of a pre-release of your book. And I'm telling you, it's mind-blowing and incredible and just like a warm cup of coffee. I mean, I relate on every single level. I felt like it, it was funny when I was getting ready to pop into this podcast with you. I was like, I feel like we've been like, I've been hanging out with my best friend for the last three days. <laughs> a lot of people say that to me. You know, I think it's, um, it's funny, you know, it's like... I you know, it's like, I don't, I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I get that kind of response a lot, which is really humbling and beautiful and so nice to hear. Um, and it's like, why, you know, it's funny. Cause I have, I have, you know, like, like you probably do. I have like a very close knit of group of girlfriends, very small, just like three or four. And one of my friends is always like, why do you tell people everything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. She's yeah, very private friends like that too. Yeah. She's like, you know, she's very private and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. You know, and I, I, I in this, in this season, actually right now of my life, I, you know, I am a little more private about a couple of things and I don't know. I know you didn't get a chance to read the entirety of the book, but there's, <laughs> you should read the last section because there's, you know, uh, and I had to add an afterward because mm. my marriage 
my second marriage fell apart right before this all went to. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, um, <laughs> it's like, you can't fucking make this shit up. Right. Right. Um, but oh. you know, I, um, but you know, my friend was like, why, you know, you're, you're, I, and, and it was funny because she has said that to me for years. And then a friend of hers who follows me was like, out of the blue said to my friend, you know, I love what Ali shares and the, because, and I think it, it had something to do more with like something I was going through with like losing weight and working out or something, but I was honest, like I am yeah. about most. And, um, and she was just saying how much it helped her and how much she was relatable and blah, blah, blah. And, and my friend was like, you know, I, I kind of get it <laughs> now. Yeah. I, I think it is like a, a call or, you know, for me, like a calling of, of wanting to, you know, share what I've gone through as a way to help people, which I feel like everybody says that, but I think it's like, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's more of like, it's, it's somewhat like cathartic to me. You know, it's funny. I was, you know, like you said, I was on Jay Shetty's podcast yesterday and I don't mean to name drop, but it's just like, it was such a beautiful conversation and he's absolutely remarkable person. And yeah, talking about a lot about like that, this kind of stuff. And I was, you know, it's funny how like some people go really inward when, when the shit hits the fan and I go outward, you know, I just, I don't know if it's because I'm just, you know, I long for the connection with people and the relatability and like, and I, and I was, what I was telling Jay yesterday, I was like in, you know, we can get into this in a bit, but like, you know, having gone through like some real heartbreak in the last few months, I, um, you know, I, I needed people to tell me like, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I promise you're going to be okay. Yeah. I I didn't really believe it. I was really, really struggling and I needed that. And I need, you know, and it's like, it's similar to faith. I imagine it's like, and I have kind of a new relationship with God and all of that too. And I think that there's this, like, we really need community. And I also think Mm -hmm. the fact that like with fucking COVID and like that we all went so separate has, has done like a number on us and and continues Mm -hmm. also just having another conversation with a friend the other day. And he was like telling me nobody wants to work in the office. And I was like, I just, I just don't agree with that. You know? And he was like, I can't make them work in the office. I was like, well, I don't know if you, I mean, it's like, you're the, it's your company. You can do whatever you want, you know, where I feel like there's this, you know, we need community and, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I think for me, I, I needed people to tell me I was going to be okay when I yeah. did myself. And, and I guess that that this is a long winded way of saying, you know, I think that's part of why I feel drawn to share the messy yeah. truth because I think it, people need to hear like, Oh, when you hear somebody else's, and this is not like, a revelation but when you hear somebody else's story and what they're going through it does the relatability and like you're like oh yeah I'm going through that too and it just makes you feel less alone and like yeah there's so much freedom in that right there's there both sides it's like when you share the messy middle and the messy always it's always messy when you can share that the name of my book was actually the working title was messy in the middle for a while we we oh really which I love both, but I think the message has a little more thumb, you know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I knew we were aligned, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I mean, it sets you free. It's, it's a two-way street. I think, I think when you can share the struggle, 
the amount of shame that is lifted because it it is often well received, right? It is rece- received with grace. It is received with compassion and and it's not received with judgment or, you know, more shame coming back at you. And so when you experience that, but then simultaneously you realize you're you're alleviating the shame for other people because they're thinking, wait, me too, me too. Right. right. That is, it's... It's powerful. And, you know, I always learned because I got sober uh, umpteen years ago and it's like pain shared is cut in half. And I think that's where I learned the art of vulnerability is, you know, when you walk into a room of addicts and alcoholics and everybody, everybody is sharing everything, but you realize how freeing that is. You're like, I've been fortunate enough to sit in rooms like that too, for a multitude of reasons with different people in my life. And I have felt like a deep sense of honor as not an addict myself, but to be in a room like that, what, what an honor to hear those. I know what you're talking about, those stories of heartbreak and just, and the depth and the sadness and the, and the, and the redemption and all of it. It's just so beautiful. And, you know, I'm like, could there be a group like this for, non-addicts and and you know I yes, mean, listen, yes I think that all the time for my girlfriends that aren't addicts well, I mean you know, I, I really do you know, there's Al-Anon and and I've been to like go go to pen like you know go to meeting I've I've done it all yeah uh, yeah but um but yeah there's nothing quite like in you know an AA meeting where you're you know you're hearing these these stories and there's you know and it is anonymous and you're like shit this is this is some really beautiful stuff yeah. that like most people don't get, you know, privy to. I, so I, I really, I really loved it. And then, you know, having gone through it with my son and yeah, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that you're doing that, obviously. I mean, this is how we got on the topic with the book, you know, it's like being able to share that for the rest of the world that, you know, it's also not addicts and alcoholics that have a shit show of a life, (laughs) you know, it's, it's everybody. And when we can share that. So true. And, and, you know, just for, people listening who don't know much about me and the book, it's funny how many iterations the book took on, but it is really, I mean, people ask me, they're like, is this a memoir or like a business book? I'm like, it's like if a memoir and a business book had a baby, this yes. is that, you know, and it, and it really is, you know, I know you have a, you said you have a very female audience. It's, it's, you know, it's an entrepreneurial story of how I built my business, you know, with the personal stuff we've done and, and what's ironic is like, I, I, I didn't used to think of, I used to, and I used to say it, you know, like I, business is business, personal is personal bullshit, which I don't believe anymore. Yeah. I believe it's all very interwoven, which, you know, and part of why I'm, I'm so proud of this book, because it is the intersection of, of those things that we, you know, we don't, we, we, we don't not take our shit with us when we walk into right. a meeting. Right. I mean, we're, you know, we can, we can not talk about it perhaps, but like, we don't, we're, we're, we're who we are, no matter, you know, it's yeah. like that you are where you are. There's, or it's, I think it's a, it's a, where, wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. I mean, yeah. that is true. And so, you know, and anyways, just as a setup for the book, um, it is, it is, you know, really a, a book of how I, you know, kind of an unexpected entrepreneur, bit of an underdog, didn't go to college, like had no business being in business really. And then, yeah. you know, I love that. I'm always like people's biggest cheerleaders when it comes to that. It's yeah, just like too. this I'm, scrappy, going to take yeah. action type of person. 
you know, I love that you say in the book, like you just got to start, like you, you just, you weave so many things together. So incredibly beautiful. Like And they're kind of like spiritual principles, like the fact that you went back to, you know, it might be the thing that you love to do when you were in grade school that becomes like the thing that's going to be your, your empire or your, your dream business or whatever. So it's like you weaved these like incredible, like I said, spiritual principles, almost like going deep and going inside to like your true authentic self. But you also like said, you're going to be a freaking mess uh, along the journey. And you just got to, you just got to freaking start no matter what. Yeah, I think a lot of people let that like, I don't know if I put it in the book or not, but my brother used to always say this, my who is my business partner and driver, he's like, don't let perfect stand in the way of progress. Yes. You know, it is this like, and I get it, you know, I'm a perfectionist too. Well, it used to be more than I am now, but you know, and it is this like, we feel like if we don't have this and this and this and this, like all checked off that like, oh, I just don't think I can do it where, yeah truth of the matter is you're never going to have all those boxes checked. Right. You know, it's, right. it's always kind of a shit show and you're always trying to figure it out as you go. Yeah. And and that's okay, which is, you know, again, in breath, embracing the messy truth, the messiness of our situations are, you know, it's just always there, no matter how, like, how well you have it together uh, on the outside, you know, there's, there's always something going on yeah. on some level in our lives. I mean, it's, You'd be hard pressed to find somebody who wasn't, which by the way, was always like a thing for me my whole life. You know, I feel like my mom used to say that to me, like, you never know what somebody else is going through, you know? And cause we, you know, and, and really at the end of the day, like nobody really cares what you're going through. They're much concerned with what they're fucking going yeah, through. Totally. Like, that's just honest, you know? Yeah. It's like, which is, which should, which is good news. Right. Because it's like, don't worry so much about what people think. Cause I think the people, yeah. people get very concerned about what people think. But oh, yes. you know, if you can, if you can like, instead of, you know, being, if you, if you're, if you come from that mindset, which I remember when that happened for me, and I remember being a kid and my mom telling me that, like, you don't know what someone else is going through. It's like a thing you have to remember, but like when you're, you know, dealing with someone who's like a real asshole or just not a very nice person or whatever, and you're, 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 you want to be like, you know, you want to tell them to fuck off, but then you're yeah. like, wait a second something must be going on for you. Something hard must be happening in your life. And I guarantee you there is because a hundred percent, you know, there's probably something going on right now in your life that, you know, is easy. I mean, who doesn't have that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I think that, you know, the book and my, I don't know, is my platform or what to like highlight that stuff. Um, So good. And I think one of the things you hit on that I was like, God, I wish I, I really wish that I had known this before I had had a lot of crazy success because I feel like I'm like, shit, I could have done that a decade earlier if I'd known that one piece. You weren't supposed to know it then. I wasn't, I know, I have no regrets. But the idea that like, and I think this is twofold. I think this is really important to clarify and I really want your thoughts on it. There were definitely some major like, things that I had to work through in order to kind of unlock my success. Like some things that were standing in my way, some self-limiting beliefs that like, until I got over them, like I wasn't really going to get far. But at the same time, like just the fact, like beliefs, you know, like I'm not going to be successful because, and so I was like holding myself back. But there were other things that I also believed like, gosh, until I get like my crazy eating disorder under control or until I get these things that I felt like were like scarlet letters under control, I'm never going to be able to be successful. And like, I got news for you. You can still be a little bit of a shit show and find massive success. 
right? I, I feel like women need to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so true. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I think that we're starting to, you know, unmask that a bit where it's like, you know, I think people know that, you know, that there's not, and maybe, I don't know, maybe not, maybe there's, maybe there is that like self-limiting belief. I guess it's part of why a lot of people don't decide to start a business, yeah. you know, or do that thing because they're like, I just don't have what it takes. I don't, you know, I don't this, I don't that we're really, you know, it's, it's funny. I actually yesterday also had did a live with Oren McManus, which I don't know yeah. if you're familiar with him. Yes. Um, you know, he's a pastor and a thought leader and he's just, I'm just like amazing. I don't know if you've ever been to Mosaic. Are you in LA? No, I'm on the East coast, but I've heard, oh. I've followed some of his staff and yeah. I mean, amazing. Well, yeah. If you're ever in LA and have the opportunity to hear him speak, you know, he's pretty phenomenal, but you know, it was so, his book is called mind shift and it's, you know, I think having gone through what I've gone through in general, but in the last few months, um, kind of, you know, face down and getting, trying to pick up the pieces of my life, you know, I've, 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 I've stumbled upon a lot of this like mind stuff, you know, which yeah. is like, you know, what I think you're talking about a little bit. It's like, it is, a, it is, our brains are incredibly powerful and amazing. Yeah. I didn't know any of this stuff. Like, I just thought, you know, I was like going along with my yeah. life, thought that like, I feel the way I feel. And I was very, um, what's the word? Like, um, beholden or, you know, to, to my feelings, like this right. is how I feel. And that yeah. is, the, this is how I feel. And this is, all that matters, you know, and, and I've, <laughs> I've come to realize that that's like not actually true. Right. You know, feelings, like, feelings feel, aren't facts. Feelings, feelings are just aren't facts. Yeah. And by the way, I've been told all that for a long time, but it didn't ever penetrate until yeah. my life fell apart again. And, and, and then, and then reading and learning all about the mind and the power we have in our minds. And, and the, I brought up Erwin because yesterday Erwin was talking about, I mean, mind shift is, is this book, which you should read the book. It's, I'm yeah. happy amazing, but, you know, it gives a lot of principles on like how to overcome, you know, self-limiting beliefs, negative thoughts. And, you know, it is very much this, like, I, I choose to believe mm -hmm. you know, that I have the power to be successful. Like I choose yeah. to believe today is going to be a good day. Yes. You know, it's, it's like, we get, we, <laughs> we get very, like, it's, it's really comfy to be in the sadness and the, yeah. Whatever. You know, it's, yeah. it's like that's like I think the benefit of it. Yeah, um, it's like we can we can milk it. I mean, why do we want to milk misery? But for some crazy reason, we do. I know, and I can't. You know, and I'm particularly like I don't know about you, but for me, it's like I don't know why. And I'm actually need to figure out. I'm curious what this is. Like I'm pretty like takes me a little while to get going in the morning. I tend to wake up pretty sad and or cranky or whatever. And as the day goes on, I feel better. And like, by the time the nighttime rolls around, I'm like, I feel great. You know, like, <laughs> what thing is that? You know, yeah. it is a, like, it's, it's an intentionality of like, what are you, what are you choosing to believe? You know, one of the percent was like, tell yourself today is going to be a good day, you know, change and changing your, the way your, your brought your brain works of like, you know, brushing your teeth with your left hand. Instead yes. of your, Isn't you know, that Shit like that. crazy shit like that actually works. I mean, that we're so robotic in just waking up and going through the motions. We're so robotic in, 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 in what we do every single day, especially if you're in a job that right. is, like you go and you sit in an office and you do some, you know, I, and I think that's what I love about being an entrepreneur, which I don't think I ever even realized yeah. is that 
you get the, it's the beauty of like no two days ever look the same. Right. How, yeah. how amazing that is and how that's probably really good for your brain, you know? Right. Right. You know right. That, but now that I've, I've learned that, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, and, and, and the book largely talks a lot about, you know, these, these, these habits and like turning what we think is like, right. You know, on its, on its head of like, you don't have to do, you don't have to, there's no like one right formula or one right, right. Way things. And like, you embrace the fact that like every day is going to be different and every day is going to be like a game of whack-a-mole and like, yeah. if you can embrace that, then like, you know, yeah. you're ahead of the game. And isn't it crazy that like when we talk about things like that with like our beliefs and, and I, I, even when I teach it, cause I, I teach a lot of this, I'm like, it's really crazy. Cause I'm like, so do you realize that a belief is just like your opinion? And people are like, no, no, no. Like, this is true. I'm like true for you because you decided you just decided it was true. You just one day decided it was true for you. There, you, it's, it doesn't mean it's true. Like you can change it. It's I know, crazy. It's so we just lock into these things and run with them for the rest of our lives often. Oh my God. It's so true. You know, I'm sure you're a fan of Byron Katie. Yes. You know, turning it around. It's like, uh, you know, her story in and of itself is so fascinating. You know, what's the thing she says about like, you know, if the reality, like the sooner like you accept reality or, you know, then the, the sooner you stop suffering, like this is the yeah. reality. Yeah. Yeah. you have to accept it as acceptance as the, as the truth um versus like what we think you know and, and i love her like is that really true you know it's right like when people when you talk about a self-limiting belief, like you said like i'll never be successful until i stop and get over this eating disorder is that really true right no why why is that true like right says, that's, just, that's actually not factually true right so you're like oh fuck you know right <laughs> no, I love right it. But it's crazy. And I, I know that, um, gosh, who is it? Um, Brooke Castillo, who yes. runs the Life Coach School, you know, her thought model is so great because she talks about like with the circumstances versus the thought. And people get very confused because they think the thought like, you know, this is bullshit or whatever is the circumstance. And I'm like, no, no, no. If you look at like the the circumstance of what happened, that can that's something that can, and she always says, can be proven in a court of law. Anytime yeah. you attach anything emotional to it, like that's you. That's just how you're perceiving it. It's how you're deciding to look at it. Yeah. Like the fact is your husband came home at 2, 2 a.m., right? It's like you're, the thought, you had a lot of thoughts about that <laughs> that right. colored the situation. But the fact is he came, at, he came home at 2 a.m. That could be good. That could be bad. That could be indifferent. It could be, you know, neutral, good. whatever. Yeah. But exactly. we believe that our thoughts are real and yeah. our thoughts are literally just what we did with the circumstance. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know? I love it. I know. I'm, I love all this stuff so much. I actually am working with a coach myself who, you know, I'm resistant to this, but she was like, you got to do the Brooke CEO model. I'm like, I don't want to do the fucking model, but I did the model. And I was like, oh my God, this is really yes. fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. And it really does. Like you said before, we kind of live our whole lives or, and, and the large majority of everyone lives their whole life. Thank God we're figuring it out in our forties, but most people live their whole life without having any idea that they can change their thoughts, that their thoughts control their emotions, that their emotions control their actions. Like it's really 
by the way, why is this not taught in school? Oh is- my, this is like my dream is to like bring this curriculum into schools my because God. it would change. It would literally change the whole freaking world. I mean, it's, <sighs> it's pretty remarkable, right? I mean, it feels so like lofty and I, I, you know, it's like, I can't let myself go down this rabbit hole because I get so mad. And I, you know, as you know, you have kids too. It's like, you you watch your kids. My kids really, really struggled in school. I really struggled in school. Yeah. I hated school, but I hated school because I wasn't learning anything I gave a shit about. Right, right, totally. And, and who knows if I would have been interested in, it's funny, like fast forward to like a hundred years from now and this is what's being taught in school and kids are like, why are we learning this stupid right. You know, <laughs> true. <laughs> but true. you know, it's, it's it's you know to to be taught like awareness and about the way we feel mm-hmm. and the way we think and I mean you're right the world would be a completely different place completely different place I hate the bureaucracy bureaucracy of like government and Ugh. I hate it so much you know and yeah. not that I don't appreciate right law and all of that but like you know my son I. <laughs> My son got kicked out of so many schools because because he was like, you know, technically diagnosed as ADD, which like I think half the kids out there are technically at like least. Yeah. But like, you know, this this like and it's funny watching my older son who's now 18, who's in college and he's doing really well and he's the one yeah. who went to up and all that. But you know, he was he said to me like he takes three classes. He loved he picked the subjects, one's yeah. theology, one's psychology, and one's French. Doesn't totally love French, but I think it's good for him to learn it. And you know, he he's like, Mom, it's so different because I'm I'm so interested in these. And yeah. he wants to learn. Like, of course you do. Like right. you're fucking interested in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Say that, like, I think and I always told my kids, you know, I'm sure people will not agree with this, but I always like, I'm like, I care much more about how you get along with your teachers and 100%. how work that situation way more than I care about your grades. I know. I actually have to force myself to like check their report cards because yeah, I don't, it, unless you're failing, I mean, unless I'll, I'll t- yeah, unless you're failing, but like, you know, sometimes my kids come home and they're like, Oh my God, I got a bad grade. I'm like, I I don't care. Were you a good human today? Do you have integrity? Did you yeah. work hard? Like, and, and the I- thing is, what's, what's fascinating, and it's such a like social experiment. I think is that like I've taught my boys, like not taught them, but I've guided them. Like, you're, you know, you, you've got to pass. Like, and it, it's like, you know, we we need to get at least a C. Like, that's yeah. kind of like threshold. Yeah. That was not not super tough to do. And they're in they're in an LA USD public school. It's not that hard to do. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, I'm like, listen, if you're not doing well, if you're, you know, I'm like, I don't, first of all, I don't want teachers calling me. So right. that shit out, you know, like, yeah. I don't want, I don't want to like fight your battles. You get on, you figure it out and, you know, be able to like manipulate is not like the right word, but be able to like talk to your teachers and right. like get figured out because that is like a skill you're going to need for the rest of your life is like, whether it's your boss or a coworker or a friend or a relationship, whatever, yeah. like you need to, to to figure out the socialness of this situation to talk it through, to make it work. And if you're, you need to do extra credit or stay after school or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like you can figure that out. I'm not going to figure it out for you right, right. You're to go out on the weekends. If you have, you know, whatever, that's like, that's the, the only real consequence I ever give my kids. You know, but it's like, those are like the, to me, like the life lessons that are far more important. Oh than my gosh. Absolutely. Here's about algebra. 
I know. I know. I mean, I have history is, is, you know, I, I think that like, and my kids are, are actually interested in like history and like they're, and even like my, my son loved English because he had a great English teacher, but they were talking about like, like current events, things that yeah, were happening yeah. in the world. Makes and a that's big interesting. Difference. They should do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, for some reason, just thought about church. I'm like, that's the difference between the people that like the churches that are actually thriving right now and the churches that aren't. They're talking about current events and tying it all together versus the people that are still. It's exactly why I love Irwin. You yeah. know, Irwin doesn't, he, I, I've never, you know, I, I grew up with a very like jaded sense of religion. And, you know, and I think sadly, I think religion does tend to divide people more than it brings yes. people together. So I was skeptical when I first started going to Mosaic and the first time I heard uh, Erwin speak and he, he was able to, he, he always does this. Like he'll, he'll bring something from that happened in his life, a personal experience, yeah. and he'll tie it to like something with the Bible, which I'm like, wow, like yeah. this thing happened today. Mm-hmm. You're talking about that, and then you're referencing a book that happened thousands of years yeah. ago. That's trippy you know I'm like yeah, wow yeah. you know and so to your point like I think that you know the, the church that's like just like hey this is real life and then really at the end of the day it's like just be a real a good human and right. like be and kind to people and work hard and you know Erwin was recently just talking about like you know just because you believe in God doesn't mean that like everything's going to be okay and you can right. show up late late yeah. for work like you, you got to still do your shit you know right and right there is this like mentality in some churches or belief systems that like, I, you know, just all you have to do is believe. Oh no, that's like, that's the same problem I have with law of attraction. Like I love manifestation, law of attraction, energy. Like I have tripped out on studying that for 20 years. Like that is my jam. But like the big thing that people are missing, I'm like, you still got to work your ass off. You yeah. you still have to take action. The the Range Rover isn't going to show up in your driveway because you're on your couch visualizing it. Like you got to work. You know, so it's like, it's so true. Like I, I'm such a huge fan of Gabby Bernstein, and yeah. and I read super the book The Super Attractor, and I feel like you know Gabby. If you don't know Gabby's work well, and you just like oh Gabby just believes in manifestation, I'm like she does. But she also is like you have to work really hard. You don't right. just it's just fall on your lap. You know which. Yeah. Which again is like, you know, part of, you know, my story is like, I worked really hard for what, you know, ultimately, ultimately became dry bar and this massive success. It wasn't like, I mean, it was blood, sweat and tears. Like, let's go back to that real quick. What year did you start and what year did you sell? I sold in 2000. I mean, I started in 2010. We sold in 2020. 10 years. Which wow. you, by the way, it was like, I'm sh- I can't even imagine how quick that flew by. I mean, I've been like in the coaching industry and, and doing really well for almost 10 years. And I'm like, I feel like I just started yesterday. Like yeah, just, that's, that's such a good sign, right? That you're, yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. 2020. So like January, February, 2020. <laughs> yeah. Like moments before the world fell apart. Really crazy timing. Yeah. We had been in a process for, you yeah. Know, but the year before we were, we were like closing in on this deal. And anybody who's ever sold a business knows that like, you know, or raised money, it, it takes a very long time to get, to get the deal, you know, across. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my, I talk, I talk about this a lot in the book too, because I do think it's a, it's a, um, it's something that people don't talk about a lot. Is this like, how do you actually sell a business? Like where do yeah. you start? 
you know, and, and, and I do kind of break it down the whole process of like, which, you know, wasn't, isn't like my area of expertise or largely led by my brother and our private equity group. Um, but you know, we went out and found the right potential group of buyers and narrowed down. And there's just so much back and forth to like get a deal across the finish line. And we had been working on it for a long time before the rumblings of COVID started. Yeah. You know, and there was like a few or very few conversations about like COVID and what was going to happen. And it was like, you know, at that point, yeah, you know, you're thinking that's crazy. We're like, that is gonna be like a week, you know, so nobody yeah. was that worried about it. And obviously what, what was fascinating about the sale of our business was actually we sold the product division because we realized way before the pandemic and any of that, we realized we were going to have to break these. I mean, they were separate businesses essentially, but to sell, we weren't going to be able to sell the whole thing. It was a very different buyer that would buy the product then that would buy the the, the shops so 150 right. of them which is like 5000 employees and a bit of an hr nightmare yeah. and we had made the decision we were going to kind of sell the off the units to different bu- oh, buyers cuz like some of the shops were franchised and some were company owned and right anyway, this is a long story but we we ended up selling the product division to Helen of Troy and for 255 million it was a huge home run and then um I just want to say congrats. That's so freaking badass. I love it. I love it. Speaking of manifestation, I, I had forgotten this, but my brother said, reminded me that like in the very early days, I'd say like a year after we started the company and we were, we knew we were like onto something. And he said that I said, I bet we're going to sell this thing for 250 million. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it is like, I always say this in, because I love this stuff so much. I'm always like, isn't it crazy? But it's not. Isn't it crazy? But it's not, you know, it's crazy to me that I had forgotten. I said that, Yeah, I, you know, I said that like in like a, like, that'd be fun. Like, so like, that's never going to fucking happen. But you like to put it out there. You said that like rocket desire into the universe. Oh, such a trip. But, but yeah, so we sold right before the pandemic. Um, and, and, and the rest of that story is not super pretty because we had earmarked some money already for like to do some stuff with the stores. And like I said, we were gearing up to try to sell those too. And then, then that money ended up just like keeping the stores afloat. And then that whole story is messy and not fun, but, but listen, I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful. And, and another thing that I, I do talk about in the book that I, I try to highlight as much as I can, especially if you're an entrepreneur listening to this, that, you know, my brother and I took money off the table as we were raising money over the years. Mm. And that is really where we made our, the majority of our money truly, because, because my brother had worked for Yahoo in the early days, year, you know, eons ago, and yeah. he was worth a lot of money on paper. And then he didn't sell his stock in time and he didn't end up making as much as a lot of his friends did. And it was a real wake up call for him. And and I, and I, and I, and, and from that lesson, he was like, when, when we went to raise money, we raised basically two big tranches of money. It was like 25 million at one point and then 50 something millions. We raised around 75 million, give or take. And that was all, you know, to build the, the stores and the company. And yeah, at each of those times, Michael and I personally took, we sold our own equity and we took money off the table. And you know, it is my advice here and now to say to you, like, listen, if you're in that situation, you might want to consider selling equity right now because it, you know, and and the thing is what our, 
what our you know private equity um, group said was like obviously you're not going to sell you're not going to sell enough where you're not going to be interested in continuing to run right, and grow right. this business into a massive home run. But you're going to get a little comfort out of knowing that you're you know you're going to you have a little bit of money that right. makes you relax and. And then you're going to keep working to get to the next finish line, you know? So that's so smart. And and a lot of people don't know that. And I don't, didn't know that at all. If, and I don't know if Michael, my brother was the one who asked or if they, I can't imagine, and maybe I'm wrong, but I can't, that, that, you know, I don't know that a lot of private equity companies would be like, Hey, by the way, right. Money personally, no problem. I, I think a lot are actually against it, but I'm here to tell you, if you're in that situation, yeah. Ask, ask for it, you know, ask for it. Yeah, for sure. That makes so much sense. So tell me this. I know you've gone on to do multiple things since then. I mean, we're only, it's only 2023. So it hasn't been that long. Life has yes. been busy. Yes. But what are you focused on right now? Um, Obviously I, the book launch, but besides that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the last couple of years have been, I mean, <laughs> a little crazy. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, for a while there, I was really focused on, I mean, I didn't, I, I think I had a little bit of like an identity crisis. Um, I'm over sure. The, you know, after the pandemic, so like the pandemic hit and then it was like, I had, you know, just gotten to a, into a relationship about five months before the pandemic, which would become my husband, mm-hmm. which is about to become my ex-husband. Um, and uh, I, you know, I had, I had during that time, I was about, you know, I had, I had kind of pulled away a little bit from the business anyways, because we had like so many people who were running it. And I just, I was starting to explore other things and all of that. And, um, and so I was, I was struggling a little bit in that phase too, because I had worked with Cam, my first husband, um, and we shared an office. And so when we were getting divorced, it was like, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I stopped going to that office. And and again, this was like pre pandemic. So it wasn't like, um, I was doing it because of that. So right. it was starting to feel that, like, what, like, what am I doing now? Yeah. You know? Where do I fit? Where do I, yeah. That kind yeah. Of thing. Cause I wasn't like it really running the company anymore. And we had, you know, there was, there was just, like I said, you know, other people doing that. And I was kind of, and I had felt like emotionally, I was like, kind of, ready for the next thing. And I wanted to pursue other things. And, um, and so now I'm in this, and then, but then like, and I was doing like, I was still kind of informing like product and I was doing, still doing like PR and still doing stuff like that. But then the pandemic hits and now, you know, we're all home and there wasn't really much for me to do in that, in terms of like, you know, we had this like retail service concept and, you know, and my life had changed. And then I was, you know, I had met this man and I was, you know, now I was like, just kind of like, because my, my marriage of 16 years was like a a friendship, you know, to be in a relationship that was, um, you know, a very like hot and heavy, very fast relationship, it moved at a very accelerated pace. You know, it was like, we were, we moved in together after five months because the pandemic, which I think a lot of people, everything got fast tracked. So yeah, it was like a phase where I was pretty lost in trying to figure out what I was doing with my life. And that's, but during about, I would say about six months or so before that, 
maybe a little more, we started Squeeze, which is our massage concept, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with. Yes, but- yes, I love that. Best name yeah. ever, by the way. I mean, you can yeah, nail you can nail some names, like yeah. some branding. I'm like, I don't know who's behind this, if it's you or somebody that, else. Yeah. That's Cam, my my first husband. And yeah, he's a genius. He's a he's a branding genius. And yeah, I mean, my it was really my brother's brainchild because he was, you know, as my business partner in Dry Bar and like a bald man, he didn't take advantage of squeeze of dry bar, but yeah. he, you know, he loved getting massages as as do I. And we felt similar in in the in the frustration that I felt with with the hair, you know, the yeah. blowout business, you know, it's like you would either go to a high-end salon or you would go to a discount chain. There was nothing in the middle like yeah. dry bar, I think is part of why dry bar became such a big success. And then the same thing was true of, of massage. It's like there's spas where you're overpaying or there's discount chains where the, the experience isn't great. You have to call every single location and blah, blah, blah. Right. What we, Michael wanted to do was like create this massage concept where you know, you, we basically took all the things that we, we didn't think were working in the current massage climate and, and make them better. And the big differentiator of squeeze is that you book on an app, you tip on an app. Yeah. So all your preferences are already in, you know, the app and, and you're paying. So you, you know, you walk in and you tell them your name, you you want the first time you go in, you sign a waiver. After that, your yeah. therapist has all your preferences and like knows if you like oil or lotion and the temperature yeah. you like and what kind of music you like and all those things. And so oh, it's amazing. It's, it's really, and it has all the cute, like it's really cute because, yeah. Cam, you know, and so it, it's, it's a really beautiful concept. And we started it, I guess a little, a little under a year after, right before the, before COVID. And it was kind of off to the races. And I, you know, Michael and I funded it and we're on the board, but we didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to start running right. another company like right, at that. Right. Level. So we brought in Brittany Driscoll, who was our former head of marketing at Dry Bar to run it. And she's done, you know, just a phenomenal job. And so now we're like, I don't know, three, four years into it. And it's, you know, we, we have like, it's completely franchise model. So we have over 80 locations sold already. Um, and only three are open right now, but a lot more will be opening in this coming year. So that's exciting. Wow. I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, really it has the potential to be much bigger than dry bar because it, you know, it, it and too. Um, so that's really been off to the races and, and, you know, again, you know, it's really so much of what Brittany's done and really what, collectively we learned from dry bar of like what worked and what didn't work, you know? So that's been a really, you know, amazing lesson to be able to take so much of that learning and apply it to squeeze. So we have squeeze. We started um, a company called Brightside, which is an infrared yoga concept. I started, I kind of joined forces with a good friend of mine named Meredith Quill. And we started a little jewelry company called Beckett and Quill. And that's more of like a passion project. And yeah. I love jewelry so much and it's like, it's just so fun. And we're still figuring out how to get that off the ground. It hasn't totally, we haven't totally figured it out yet, but I'm enjoying that process, you know? And so, you know, the, the, and then, and then I do a lot of like speaking events and engagements in the last like couple of years. I, I really like, while we were in the pandemic, I really worked on my book, you know, and I was really figuring it out. And, and then, you know, my kids were home and, you know, it's just like the craziness, craziness of our lives. Um, and then, you know, as the pandemic lifted and I was like, well, what am I doing now? <laughs> you know? Um, and it's I think something, that- it's like the curse of the entrepreneurial mind, right? Like you can't not be building something. I mean, it really is a blessing and a curse. It really is. And, 
And I, you know, we just found myself, I, I think I've been pretty lost for the last like four years, if I'm being really honest and trying to figure out where I am and what I'm doing, because I don't, I know that I don't want to start another company from the ground up. Like yeah. I don't have me the way I did in, you know, with dry, I started driver when I was 35 and, yeah. and and um and then you know you know getting into a marriage that you know I, I really you know put my whole like life into and then that didn't work <laughs> work um and so now I'm kind of back in this like reinvention mode and right. and you know, I mean listen I I'm a big believer in like trusting the timing of our lives and um you know it's funny like I was saying before we started recording I you know I was really very gung-ho even with the book of like really putting it out there and like you know my goal was to like really try to get it to a bestseller and I'd love it to be a New York Times bestseller my first book was and went yeah. on um and then but then when your life falls apart you're like mm. I mean at least for me I was like I don't really care right. anymore does it matter matter yeah. a lot of things got kind of reevaluated um and I did put everything really on hold to like go inward and like be yeah. on journey on my own. And now I'm, you know, you know, kind of emerging from that and that the the dust has settled and I'm, I'm like, Oh, wait a second. I worked really hard on this book. Right. Right. You want this book to be a best. I mean, I I don't, you know, it's fascinating is like, I really don't have the attachment with what that is. You know, I don't really, I want the book to succeed. And, but more than anything, I just want the book to be helpful you want, yeah you want the book to impact it's yeah, like the accolades to, yeah yeah accolades don't really matter I just want people to love it and and it to be like you know you know those books like for me and people always ask me like what books and what things tools have been the most impactful for me in harder times in my life and it's like you know I mentioned Gabby Bernstein the super attractor that was a big yeah. one for me Jensen yeah. Serios um you're about oh, yeah yeah that, that was a game changer for me too yeah. I like stepped into some serious power that was that that, and I started reading it again by the way just recently and that's like you know um obviously like anything from Michael Singer Untethered yeah. Soul like yes. um, not not that I <laughs> am comparing myself to those books but like to be right. to be you know to be anywhere near those books of like motivating somebody and, 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 you know, I mean, listen, I, I think that I've, when I was going through my first divorce, I did get a lot of people reaching out to me saying like, um, you know, I'm, I'm unhappy in my marriage and I leave my husband. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Right. Right. To answer that question for you, but I would, I would, you know, I would definitely do some soul searching and figure out what, you know, and all and go inward and all that stuff. And, and now, you know, on, on the other side and like, back in this, you know, rough place again. Um, you know, I think just sharing our, our stories and, um, is, is, you know, just something I feel really passionately about. And if this helps, you know, one other person, like I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. So that's how I'm at in terms of goals of the book and, and all of that. I love all of that so much. And I can relate on every single level. I don't think you can ever build and accomplish something to the level that you have and not go through the season of like, who am I after that? Who am I? And what am I doing? What's the, you know, what's the goal? What am I waking up and and working towards? And it, it takes time. It takes a lot of time to figure that out, but. And, and also just like adjusting to, you know, a life of that was like a certain like pace and like for so long, like, Oh, things are not as crazy as they used to be. I like the yeah. chaos. 
you know, I thrive yeah. and, I and my life is pretty chaotic right now with the with the book launch and all the things that I'm doing yeah. and I have a mastermind that I'm hosting actually it starts next week and um and and I think it's been a little bit of divine intervention of like you know I mean it's it's really interesting the timing because when everything happened and my life fell apart and I was you know so down for a while and now I'm like emerging from that and I have this book launching and I have this mastermind launching and I have all these amazing opportunities in front of me that I couldn't, that I, I was like not equipped emotionally to handle three months yeah. ago. It's yeah. crazy. And now crazy. Are, I'm like, you know, and may, I don't know if it's like the chicken or the egg. It's like, right, oh, right, right, right. I was just thinking that. Or, you know, and so I've, I like summoned myself or, you know, who knows, but you know, life, life happens whether you, yeah. <laughs> it or not. Life happens. Absolutely. And like, we just got to embrace it. You know, it's like, we just have to, like we were talking about earlier with the brain also create the story around whatever life looks like right now. Is that like a story that serves us, right? It's like a story that serves us and we have the power to do that and the power to create that story and and dictate those thoughts, which dictate our energy and wake up every day deciding it's going to be a good fucking day, you know? I feel like that's something that Dr. Amen, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love him too. And I actually just did a brain scan. And I, Oh, was, you did? I'm dying to do that. Oh. Yeah. Well, he had me on his pod. I, I became a fan of his years ago after I read one of his books and posted about it. And then yeah. friends like that's, you know, <laughs> for, all, for all the things that are terrible about social media, there are those things where you like, it really 100%. connect people. And he and I became kind of friends and he, he reached out to me and said, Hey, do you want to come on my podcast and promote your book, which I was like, yes, are you kidding? A thousand percent. Yeah. But I didn't even realize he was like, oh, and then we'll do a brain scan and we'll talk about it. And I was like, oh, yes, that's Uh, awesome. You know, and it was just so fascinating and he's so fascinating and brilliant. Yeah. He said to me, which I, I do now, he's like, you have to tell yourself every day, it's going to be a good day. I want you to say it every single morning. Today is going to be a good day. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, all this stuff that we we listen to and, and it sounds kind of hokey and silly, but like, but it's it, actually really does work. I mean, it, true, it changes yeah. the neurology like of your brain. Yeah. My friends always joke around, but like I say it all the time to the point where I, you believe it, right? Like that's the differentiator is when you say something enough to start to believe it. And, you know, my friends will be like, oh, I don't know if, or if we're traveling together, like, God, I hope we make this late. I'm like, everything always works out for me. Like everything always works out for me. It always works out. And they're like, oh, Moira. And then they're like, but wait, it does. Somehow it always works out for me. I'm like, cause I believe that, you know, I yeah. choose to believe it. I say it over and over again. Right. And when I get in yeah. those sketchy moments of like, this is not good. I'm like, everything works out for me. Everything always works out. And I'm just going to yeah. stay in that energy. It's like, and it's like, I, I find myself saying like this or something better, you know? Yes. Somebody yes. Like, this or something better. Yes which I think is the same, like if it works out, I saw this thing, you gotta love Instagram. I saw this thing that I thought was so powerful the other day where it was like the story that they were telling and it was about manifestation, but like, it was a pretty like, this is a good way to think about it. If if, if you were told you, you know, you were going to inherit a million dollars and you, you you know, you get a check for a million dollars, you bring it to the bank and you're like, here's my check for a million dollars. And the bank says, great it's going to take us 10 days to process this and then it'll be in your account. And you're like, okay. And so for the next 10 days, you don't actually have that million dollars. Right. I think you do. And so your 
living your life on this high of like, holy shit, I've got a million dollars in the bank and I, I'm, what am I going to do with it? And then and you're thinking and you're excited. And yeah. so like all these great things are happening in your life because you're living in this high frequency and this high vibe, yeah. but you don't actually have any money. Yeah. Right. I was like, that is so good. Yes. We are like, it, the money isn't physically there. You don't yeah. actually, but you're living as though you do. And like, yes. Yes. That's what yeah. I always tell my mastermind group. I'm like, be, you have to be it now. Like you have to literally put the armor on of like whatever identity or vision or goal you have. Like you have to wake up and be like, how does that person brush, brush their teeth? How does that person drive their car? What does that person eat for breakfast? Like literally step into the identity of it. Yeah. And like, it will manifest, like you will unlock those thoughts. Cause think about it. If you think you have a million dollars, like you believe that, you're yeah. going to think of solutions. You're going to think of, you're going to have ideas. I, you're going to be like on a totally different creative level that you cannot unlock without that million dollar belief. Yeah. And so like it was there, whether the million was there or not. Fascinating, yeah. right? It is fascinating. Yeah, it. Oh, oh my God. Okay. We could talk for hours. I'm not going to keep you any longer. Allie, this is so good. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, but I really want to encourage everybody to go get your book. I'll link it in the show notes and I'll share it and share it and share it. Um, but where can people find you on Instagram website? Yeah, you know, um, I, I'm just Allie Webb on Instagram or I have, you know, my own website, AllieWebb.com. It's just A-L-L-I-W-E-B-B -B, um, where you can buy my book. And we have a lot of like other little like things coming out around the book too. So um, awesome. yeah, all the things that I'm doing are either on my Instagram or my, my website. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll link all of that below and you guys make sure you share this episode. I feel like this message just needs to be shared with the world. Honestly, tag me, tag Allie. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So shoot us a DM if you want to. And thanks again for joining us, you guys. And we will see you next week. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for listening. I want to remind you to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That would be super, super helpful to us and share in your social media. Tag me. I love hearing what you guys have to say, your takeaways, all the things. So make sure you're tagging me in your social media posts when you share the episodes and we will see you next week.